All right. Hello, everybody. Hey, we have a song. It's called Yeshua on the radio. We're going to listen to this. Only like three minutes. Uh, as the platforms roll out, I want to invite you to go ahead and share this out with whoever you feel like sharing it out with. <laughs> listen up to Yeshua on the radio. And this is Avia Cohen. Yeah, it is. King of kings, Lord of lords, if you didn't know. In the word, he is Yah's son. Yeah, he is. One eternal life, he's given everyone who repents. Who repents? Listen up, it's you on the radio. Turn it up, it's this is like the 80s the music, music or what? <laughs> Yeah, they are. End of times, and I cry, telling you change. All that money that you got can't buy you truth. Nope. Because it's free for the old and, and for, for the youth. youth. Come That's on. right, come on. Listen up, it's a show on the radio. Turn it up, it's Yeshua on the radio. Although, this is not really the radio. Do you know where you go, wing, when you die? I hope. Hope you know you hope you know. Really think you're coming back as a butterfly? No. Nice try. Open up the word and then you will see. The way, truth, and life for you and me. That would be Yeshua, by the way. That's right. Come on. Listen up, it's Yeshua on the radio. Turn it up, it's Yeshua on the radio. First, <laughs> you should see Randall. He's totally dancing. Mm -hmm. Yeshua on the radio. That's what we're about. Yeah, we are. I could go ahead. <laughs> and play Hooked on the Truth, but maybe we'll save that for another day. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. That was the late Aviad Cohen. He actually used to be called, uh, I think it was 50 Shekel. There you go. Which was, he was a rapper, like R-A-P-P-E-R. -P -P -E he was a rapper who was Jewish, who didn't know Jesus, and then he came into a relationship with Jesus, and the next thing you know, he's using his little MacBook Pro to create these little cool songs that he wrote. Yeah. Got hooked on the truth. Yeah. And he put scripture in, like, everything. So... So there you go. Hey, if you're new to the show, I want to welcome you. I am your sweet and lovable host. That's what they say. <laughs> <laughs> Stacy Lynn Harp and just call me Stacy Lynn that's what I prefer you don't have to use my last name it's it's short and sweet but you don't have to use it um 
And if you want to learn more about the program, you can go over to BibleNewsRadio.com. We have a couple of things here that you can look at. You can look at the ticker below. Yeah, there it is, people. It's right there. It says you can become a pillar of the community. That would be if you want to be a monthly donor. We call you pillars because you hold us up. up, up. Anyway, you can donate over there. Our nonprofit is Heart Tug International. Just go over to BibleNewsRadio.com. Click Give. And donate to your little heart's content. We are a nonprofit. Also, we have a text message list. We have two. We have one that is for notifications about this show when we go on air, and also our daily Facebook group, which is called Daily Disciples, where we read from God's Word every day. I have a team of great people in there that actually read from the word of god right now we're going through the book of job which is you know a lot of people are like job uh, it's such a depressing book it's not job is maybe it's because i'm more of a tigger and i always try to look on the bright side of stuff even though it might not seem like it in some ways (laughs) but job is cool for a couple of reasons First, we get the behind-the-scenes curtain look at what really was going on right there in the beginning of the story, right? You know, Satan goes before the Lord, and, and basically Jesus or the Lord says, Hey, you know what? Have you been considering my servant Job? Like, I know you're trying to, you know, look at him. And, and of course, you know, Satan comes up with his little... Well, essentially, you put a hedge of protection around him, and I can't do anything to him. And anyway, long story short, God says, hey, go go ahead, except spare his life. So, of course, you know, the devil does what he does. And if you want to know the rest, you got to read the book of Job. <laughs> Come on, mister, go up there. Anyway, so if you want to be notified about Daily Disciples or the show, text Bible news as one word to 33222. And if you're listening to the podcast on Anchor or iTunes or Stitcher or wherever else we're at, you guys can also do the same thing. Just go to your phone, put in Bible news into the texting input 33222, and then text that little keyword and boom, you'll be on my list. Okay. If you're somebody who wants daily encouragement, like a nudge just from me, to ask you where you're reading in God's Word, to encourage you in your Bible reading accountability, then you got to text Team Unstuck. Yeah, team, like like we're a baseball team, like the Yankees. Team Unstuck, <laughs> because you want to get unstuck, uh, to 33222. And just so you know, it's called Team Unstuck because a long time ago I had a group called team unstuck and my my service i use wouldn't let me change it so you know so you're just gonna get unstuck so if you text team unstuck it's right there on the the screen down there to 33222 i will send you a text message every day monday through sunday every every day you get a message from me asking you where you're reading and me telling you where i'm reading uh, and that's that's a Bible reading accountability, and I got I have people on there who are in there. Did you want to? Yeah, it's Sunday through Saturday. Right. <laughs> and, uh, Sunday is the first day of the week, people. Yes, it is. Uh, but what about people who want to take it to the next level and, and get involved in an interactive team? 
in yeah. terms of accountability. Yeah, I actually had that happen. Somebody was like, this isn't what I expected. And I was like, well, okay, so the way to get involved at a higher level of Bible reading accountability is to join one of our groups. Now, my friend Pam Gillespie, she's running a whole bunch of these groups. Well, she's running a couple, like three. Me, I'm running one. But if it's something that you're interested in, there's a couple of different ways you can do this. Number one, I can point you to Pam. Pam's got the structure. She's got the layout. She's even got a video program that you can buy for 50 days for 25 bucks. You can buy her program and get a daily encouraging video for 50 days. If you want to be part of the, the Zoom experience, then um, I will be starting up another group uh, after June. It'll be June. It'll be near the end of June because the current 50 day run we're in ends in June. Okay. So just think about that. And um, I can give you more details later. And there's room in my groups for for more. So. Ah, Barefaces. Oh, yeah. So you want to tell them when your group is or groups? Yeah. I'm uh, doing a group um, most weekday evenings, like Monday through Thursday. Uh, sometimes there are some monthly commitments that I have and I can't, I'm unavailable. But most of the time, Monday through Thursday, uh, evenings beginning at uh, 6 15 18 15 whatever uh, central time uh-huh. so yeah cool plug into that just uh, let us know um, send a text or fill out the feedback form on the website let us know and uh, get that info to you yes needless to say there is help there is hope people yeah there is so, <laughs> with that said, that's basically the introduction. Okay, so tonight what we're going to do, um, you know, look, there, there's a lot going on in the world, and I, and, and I have to share a couple things with you. First, I'm going to open up from the Gospel of Luke, um, and I want to read you something that stood out to me this morning when I was reading. Um, so, let's pray, and then I'm going to read this part. Okay, Father, I just thank you for your word. Lord, I love your word. And um, we just ask that right now as I read your word and all throughout the show as we discuss your word uh, with the news of the day, I ask that you would um, help us to hear what you want us to hear and um, give us your insight and your wisdom in Jesus name. Okay, so this is a popular passage of, of God's word. Okay. In Luke chapter 6, beginning in verse 20, this is referring to Jesus. And, and turning his gaze toward his disciples, he began to say, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you and ostracize you and insult you and scorn your name as evil for the sake of the Son of Man. Be glad in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward in heaven is great. For in the, for in the same way their fathers used to treat the prophets. For in the same way, their fathers used, 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 used (laughs) to treat the prophets. 
But woe to you who are rich, for you are receiving your comfort in full. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. And woe to you when all men speak well of you, for their fathers used to treat the false prophets in the same way. I could go on because I could, but I'm not going to because we got a lot to cover. But, you know, when Jesus was teaching the disciples, you know, you got to remember that the book of Isaiah, chapter 53, it, it talks about Jesus, right? Jesus was not a man that anybody would look on him. He wasn't like this, you know, hot guy. He was kind of unstately. He had no appearance, that, you know, in fact, he had an appearance, the Bible says that, you know, men would turn their face from him. They, they, he wasn't anything to look at, right? But when he spoke, you know, people listened. And in the, in the book of Luke, we have this great discourse about, you know, I mean, here he is, he's teaching the religious people, he's teaching the crowds, he's saying all these things. And he has full knowledge of the law inside him. He knew the law inside out, obviously, because he wrote it. Um, but, you know, here in verse um, 23, where it says, Be glad in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your, your re reward is great in heaven. For in the same way their fathers used to treat the prophets. Well, how did the prophets, how were the, how were the real prophets treated? They were treated like to death, basically. And I think tomorrow we might look at one of the, one of my favorite interactions of, of the prophets, a war that took place. We'll talk about that tomorrow, possibly. But the prophets were never treated well. Okay. They died. Some were sawn in half. Some were, you know, killed. They were, you know, they, most of them died. Okay. But then in verse 26, it says, Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for their fathers used to treat the false prophets in the same way. And I saw that this morning. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't think it ever registered that, you know, there's this, this um, comparison between the, the prophet and the false prophet, right? So we live in a day and age where false prophets are rampant. I'm not kidding you. It is absolutely astounding to me how many people are calling themselves prophets today. And one thing I can tell you for sure is that these false prophets never say anything negative. <laughs> and, um, you know, it's like, hey, let's go ahead and, you know, I, I like... Like, they never say anything negative, right? I mean, they, they just don't. It's like, hey, it's all unicorns and lollipops. But, you know, it's peachy keen. It's what we're going to be. It's, it's really not good. So I thought I'd share. That was just for free. And, and just something to look at. And I don't know if Randall wants to say something. It looks like it. Well, I do. Um, okay, there, are, there are parallel passages there. Um are um uh, i think it's first kings 22 but also second chronicles 18 gives a little more um detail anyway by the prophets and the false prophets when you have some time go read this first kings 22 or second chronicles 18 about ahav and jehoshaphat and um deal with a true prophet of god and all the false prophets and 
and how that played out and how each were treated and regarded. That's it. Yes. <clears throat> and we may look tomorrow at Elijah on Mount Carmel in the, the battle he had with the God, with the prophets of Baal. You talk about the ultimate and <laughs> battles. That is one of my favorite stories. I totally love that. Okay, anyway. Anyway. So let's talk about Israel. Okay. Three years ago, this very day, May 14th, 2018, three years ago to this day, United States, the, the United States of America under President Donald Trump recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. And what we wanted to do here on this show was we want to show you uh, Netanyahu and his remarks that he made three years ago. I covered this three years ago to this day. And um, in light of all the stuff going on right now in Israel, I just thought it would be interesting to do a flashback so that we could see just three years, what's happened in three years uh, to how Israel is being treated. So we're going to go ahead. We're going to roll a speech uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu gave three years ago. It's about 10 minutes or so. Um, but it, it will give you a good foundation. It, it will click your, your memory as to what just happened a few years ago. Now Jared is the son-in-law of Donald Your Trump. Your presence here today is, Ivanka is his a daughter. testament to the importance of this occasion, not only for the Trump administration, but in a very personal way for you. For you, each of you, for the pursuit of peace, and for President Trump himself. Thank you. Dear friends, what a glorious day. Remember this moment. This is history. President Trump, by recognizing history, you have made history. All of us are deeply moved. All of us are deeply grateful. For me, being here brings back wonderful memories from my childhood. יום גדול לירושלים, יום גדול למדינת ישראל, יום שיחרת בזיכרוננו הלאומי לדורות. So I know some of you didn't follow every word I said in Hebrew. And I'll tell you that I spent the first three years of my life in this neighborhood, and in Gedi Street in Talpiot, which is not very far away. There were a few charming houses here, many open fields, I remember ambling in these fields with my brother Yoni. He was six, I was three. He held my hand very tight. We'd walk to this wondrous house of Professor Joseph Klausner, the renowned Jewish historian who was my father's teacher. I used to peer through the slats of the wooden synagogue 
where he and the great Israeli writer Shai Agnon used to pray on Shabbat. And David, I would approach this place right here, but only so far, because my mother told me, you can't go any further. This was near the border. It was exposed to sniper fire. That was then. This is now. Today, today, the most, the embassy of the most powerful nation on earth, our greatest ally, the United States of America, today its embassy opened here. Hey. What a difference, what a difference. So for me, this spot brings back personal memories, but for our people, it evokes profound collective memories of the greatest moments we have known on this city on a hill. In Jerusalem, in Jerusalem, Abram passed the greatest test of faith and the right to be the father of our nation. In Jerusalem, King David established our capital 3,000 years ago. In Jerusalem, King Solomon built our temple, which stood for many centuries. In Jerusalem, Jewish exiles from Babylon rebuilt the temple, which stood for many more centuries. In Jerusalem, the Maccabees rededicated that temple and restored Jewish sovereignty in this land. And it was here in Jerusalem, some 2,000 years later, that the soldiers of Israel spoke three immortal words, Har Habayt Biadenu, the Temple Mount is in our hands. Words that lifted the spirit of the entire nation. We are in Jerusalem and we are here to stay. We are here in Jerusalem protected by the brave soldiers of the Army of Israel led by our Chief of Staff, Gadi Eisenkot, and our brave soldiers, our brave soldiers are protecting the borders of Israel as we speak today. We salute them all. And the members of our security forces, the Shin Bet and the Mossad, whose head is with us today. We salute you all, all of you. We gather here today to celebrate another historic day in the life of this city, which I know will take its place alongside other momentous decisions in the history of our people. Over a century ago, the Balfour Declaration recognized the right of the Jewish people to a national home in this land. And exactly 70 years ago today, President Truman became the first world leader to recognize the newborn Jewish state. Nope. Last December, President Trump became the first world leader to recognize Jerusalem as our capital. And today, the United States of America is opening its embassy right here in Jerusalem. Thank you. Thank you, President Trump. 
for having the courage to keep your promises. Thank you, President Trump, and thank you all for making the alliance between America and Israel stronger than ever. And thank you, a special thank you, to you, Ambassador Friedman. Thank you, David, for everything you do to bring our countries and our peoples closer together. Today, you have a special privilege. You are privileged to become the first American ambassador to serve your country in Jerusalem. And this is a distinct honor that will be yours forever. Nobody can be first again. Thank you, David. That's pretty cool. It's significant. My friends, this is a great day for Israel. It's a great day for America. It's a great day for our fantastic partnership. But I believe it's also a great day for peace. I want to thank Jared, Jason, and David for your tireless efforts to advance peace and for your tireless efforts to advance the truth, the true the truth and peace are interconnected. A peace that is built on lies will crash on the rocks of Middle Eastern realities. You can only build peace on truth. And the truth is that Jerusalem has been and will always be the capital of the Jewish people, the capital of the Jewish state. Truth, peace, and justice. As our justice here, Hanan Meltzer, can attest, truth, peace, and justice. This is what we have, and this is what we believe in. The prophet Zechariah declared over 2,500 years ago, So said the Lord, I will return to Zion, and I will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem, and Jerusalem shall be called the city of truth. May the opening of this embassy in this city spread the truth far and wide, and may the truth advance a lasting peace between Israel and all our neighbors. God bless the United States of America, and God bless Jerusalem, the eternal undivided capital of Israel. Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, shechianu vekimanu vegianu Lazman Hazeh. Thank you very much. <laughs> I looked different then, didn't I? <laughs> You just, you just had hair cut, apparently. <laughs> Something. But three years ago, you just had your hair cut. It was quite a bit shorter and extremely curly. Yeah. Well, that's a natural curl, though, I think, is maybe it gets longer, just the weight of it. Yeah. Like, extends 
makes the curls more elongated. The shorter they ping, spring back up. And to those of you listening to the podcast, uh, you, you don't care. <laughs> right, but but let's, let's, let's take a look at it. Again Seriously. Uh, All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's very attractive. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for... You're welcome. That. Okay, anyway. So oh, it's out there on the web. Come on. <laughs> ah, yeah, okay. So, May 14th, 1948, David Ben-Gurion, which, who, by the name, by the way, the, the airport, you know, in Israel, the head of the Jewish agency proclaimed the establishment of the State of Israel. U.S. President Harry Truman recognized the new nation on the same day. And I'm going to go ahead and read this here, because we just heard Netanyahu say this, but I just wanted to let you know, this is legit. Although the, although the United States supported the Balfour Declaration of 1917, which favored the establishment of a Jewish national home in Palestine, President Franklin D. Re- Roosevelt had assured the Arabs in 1945 that the United States would not intervene without consulting both the Jews and the Arabs in that region. The, the British, who held a colonial mandate for Palestine until May of 1948, opposed both the creation of the Jewish state and an Arab state in Palestine, as well as unlimited immigration of Jewish refugees to the region. Great Britain wanted to preserve good relations with the Arabs to protect its vital political and economic interests in Palestine. My nose itches. Soon after President Truman took office, he appointed several experts to study the Palestinian issue. In the summer of 1946, Truman established a special cabinet committee under the chairmanship of Dr. Henry F. Grady, an assistant secretary of state who entered into negotiations with a parallel British committee to discuss the future of Palestine. In May of 1946, Truman announced his approval of a recommendation to admit 100,000 displaced persons into Palestine and in October publicly declared his support for the creation of a Jewish state. Throughout 1947, the United Nations Special Commission on Palestine examined the Palestinian question and recommendation and partition of Palestine into a Jewish and Arab state. On November 29, 1947, the United Nations adopted Resolution 181, also known as the Partition Resolution, that would divide Great Britain's former Palestinian mandate into Jewish and Arab states. In May of 1948, when the British mandate was scheduled to end, under the resolution, the area of religious significance surrounding Jerusalem would remain a corpus separatum under international control administered by the United Nations. Although the United States backed Resolution 181, the U.S. Department of State recommended the creation of the United Nations trusteeship with limits on Jewish immigration and a division of Palestine into separate Jewish and Arab provinces, but not states. The State Department, concerned about the possibility of an increasing Soviet role in the Arab world and the potential for restriction by Arab oil-producing nations of oil supplies to the United States, advised against U.S. intervention on behalf of the Jews. Later, as the date for British departure from Palestine drew near, the Department of State grew concerned about the possibility of an all-out war in Palestine as Arab states threatened to attack almost as soon as the U.N. passed the, the resolution. 
Despite growing conflict between Palestinian Arabs and Palestinian Jews, and despite the Department of State's endorsement of a trustee, trusteeship, Truman ultimately decided to recognize the state of Israel, which I personally think was a God-ordained event. And this is so important because when we're looking at Bible prophecy, if you nix Israel, if, if you take Israel out of your understanding of Scripture, then you have no understanding of Scripture because Israel is the center of Scripture. Uh, you know, it, without Israel, you know, this is why replacement theology is such an anathema. Um, without Israel, y you cannot understand the Word of God. You have to understand Israel. And, um, and you know, it's interesting because we know from Psalm 2, which I'm going to read. I think Barefee's going to put it up on the screen. Um, maybe. I don't know. I can. But you don't have to. I mean, it's short. But Psalm 2 says this. It says, Why are the nations restless and the peoples plotting in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers conspire together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let's tear their shackles apart and throw their ropes away from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then he will speak to them in his anger and terrify them in his fury, saying, But as for me, I have instilled installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. I will announce the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have fathered you. Ask it of me and I will certainly give you the nations as your inheritance and the ends of the earth as your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall shatter them like earthenware. Now then, you kings use insight. Let yourselves be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son that he not be angry and you perish on the way. For his wrath may be kindled quickly. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. So we see a prophecy here against Israel. But ultimately that Israel is going to win, right? Because the Lord's going to, the Lord's going to, you know, God wins, just saying. <laughs> so what's going on now, right? Okay, so President Trump, when he did what he did, that was extremely significant because you had uh, previous presidents on both sides basically saying, no, we're not going to put the embassy in Jerusalem um, and we're not going to do it. And I can tell you from my friends in Jerusalem, I happen to have um, Israel 365 is has the the people that are that if you go to Israel365.com, this is a non-Christian Jewish website which has Christians working with them, but not everybody that works with them are Christians. And I've had some of the some of our Jewish friends on our show talking about um, about Jerusalem and what happened. In fact, they um, they hold on just a second here. They came on my show a while back to promote this Israel Bible. And that's why I had them on the show. You can get this Israel Bible, by the way. They came on to promote the 70th anniversary. Like you can see, you can see the 70 there. And um, uh, Tuli Weiss, he was on my show, this rabbi. 
and this actually opens up backwards to us you know you normally open a book but it's Hebrew and it's it's this you know anyway they came on my show to talk about this Bible but also because um, they knew that we were we were pro-Jewish right um, <clears throat> and there's a massive rise in anti-Semitism, not only in the church right now, but also all around the world. Um, so when Donald Trump went ahead and put the embassy there, one of the things that these guys told me was they were so happy because the leadership in Israel and the Israelis could not stand former President Barack Hussein Obama. Okay. Why? Well, I don't know. Maybe it was because he was bowing and kissing Arab rings other places. I don't know. Uh, but we're, we're starting to see a similar thing with the current Biden administration as well. And um, so I want to read you an article from World Net Daily uh, titled Senator Cruz, Biden and Harris undermine our friends and finance enemies. Okay. Uh, so let's look at this article here from World Net Daily. Did I send it to you? Yeah. Okay. The current conflict in the Holy Land could escalate into a shooting war, warned Senator Ted Cruz, Republican of Texas. In an interview Thursday with the Todd Starnes radio show, he noted President Trump consistently stood with Israel. We moved our embassy to Jerusalem, something I urged the president to do, and he agreed with me and did, and it produced this oasis of peace. We saw the Abraham Accords. We saw Arabs and Israelis making peace agreements together for the first time in decades. What happened, he said? Joe Biden comes in, immediately begins undermining Israel, said Cruz. Biden has resumed funding the Palestinian Authority, which supports Hamas, a designated terror organization, and he has begun negotiations to re-enter the nuclear deal with Iran, which regularly channels funds to Hamas for its weaponry. We are on the verge of a shooting war in the Middle East because Joe Biden and Kamala Harris undermine our, our friends and want to send money to our enemies, he said. Starnes noted... <clears throat> Cruz had been speaking out against the criticism of Israel by lawmakers such as Representative Ilhan Omar, Democrat, Minnesota, I believe also a Muslim. I'm very concerned. Hamas is raining rockets down on the people of Israel, he said. They're doing it uh, with the financial support and backing of Iran, of the Ayatollah Khomeini, and this is the result of foreign policy mistakes, enormous blunders by Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. He cited the Abraham Accords, for which President Trump was nominated for a Nobel Prize. The peace agreements were the first between Israel and Muslim nations in more than a generation, and more deals were in the works when Trump left office, according to reports. Former Deputy National Security Advisor K.T. McFarland said Trump was able to convince the Arabs that their only sort of prosperity platform, the only way they could get to peace and prosperity, was by having a peace agreement with Israel. And this is important, okay? This is, this is complete, this is so important. Anyway, to achieve the agreements, Trump countered the conventional wisdom, bypassing the recalcitrant pal Palestinians and going directly to the Muslim nations to strike a deal. Um, which he did. Now, I will say, because when I try to report the news, I try to report it fairly. Trump 
also did bad things, right? He, he uh, actually advocating splitting part of Israel, which that's, that's, that's a no-no. You don't, you don't do that. In fact, if you want to look at the boundaries of Israel, God laid it out in the word of God, right? You can look at the actual land that was given that was supposed to be Israel. And what's happened in recent days <clears throat> or years is that, you know, they have given away part of Israel piece by piece, right? In order to establish peace, they've been given away parts of Israel piece by piece, which is ridiculous, right? But that's, but that's because anti-Semitism is rampant. And I've had people tell me, oh, well, you're just one of those Zionists, blah, blah. <laughs> to which I would say, yeah, that would be me. I am part Jewish after all. And I have to tell you that when the Bible says that if you bless Israel, he'll bless you. And if you curse Israel, he'll curse you. I kind of take that seriously because God fulfills every word accurately that he prophesies. And so I'd rather be on the blessing side than the curse side. Just saying. With that said, however, I will, I will say that Israel is not like, okay, and this is just some criticism, criticism that people who are Zionists get, well, you guys don't see anything negative that happens in Israel. Don't you know Israel is a secular state and in Israel, you know, they do this, this, and this. And to, to that, I would say, absolutely. Israel promotes homosexuality. Uh, they are, I mean, they, the government, I mean, not everything is peachy keen, right? But that does not negate the promises to Israel that that is God's chosen people. When God chose Israel, he chose Israel. He didn't he could have chose America, but he didn't. He chose Israel to be his people, right? So to try to separate Israel and the land, that's that's a no-no. Um and you know, and then I will I will say one other thing too cuz I know somebody's thinking it maybe. And that is, well, what about the Palestinian Christians out there? How, don't you give a rip about them? You know, because if you say that Palestine shouldn't exist and, and Palestinians are all evil and of the devil, well, then you're forgetting the Palestinian Christians that are suffering for Jesus. To which I would say, you are so spot on. You, you are spot on about the fact that there are Palestinian Christians that are suffering for Jesus. <laughs> uh, I personally haven't forgotten it because I wrote for the Voice of the Martyrs for eight years and I know a little bit about Christian persecution, okay? Um, but that same argument is actually leveraged when we hear people talk about end times and like, when when is Jesus going to happen? It, when will the rapture happen? A lot of people will say, well, if you believe in the rapture of the church, then, then basically you're, you're an escapist and you, you don't really think, um, you know, you don't, you don't really care, you know, about anything that happens because you just think that, that, you know, people are going to be taken out of the world. Well, that's not necessarily true. I believe, and I know for a fact that right now in the history of the world, Christians are being persecuted more now than in the history of the world. And I would dare add the Jews are as well. Right? Because you not only have the Hamas and, and all these people coming after the Jews, but you have the church promoting a flat out unbiblical theology, which is nothing but anti Semitism straight from the pit of hell called Reformed Theology, where which basically says the church replaces Israel. 
which you cannot show that to me anywhere in scripture. You have to open up to Romans 9, 10, and 11, read those chapters in context and look at what it actually says instead of assuming you think what it says. Actually look at the look at the context and you see that, you know, God has a plan for Israel and his promises are not negated because you feel like they should be. Anyway, sorry, got on my my little rant horse here. But so with that said, here's the other thing you got to understand. In the media, when the when the liberal media reports on the topic of Israel, one of the things that they'll do constantly is they'll say, look at Israel, they're attacking, you know, Palestine and, and they're attacking and they're doing this, this and this. They never give Israel credit for defending themselves, right? And most of the time when Israel is shooting back, it's because they've been attacked first. And it drives me completely crazy because it's like, it's the it's one of the smallest nations on the planet surrounded by enemies and yet for some reason they don't have an option to be able to defend themselves it 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 completely blows my mind and yet at the same time how anybody can deny that god has his hand covering israel is beyond me because israel is the size of new jersey which is a very little state and it's surrounded by Islamic nations that want to kill her and destroy her, right? I mean, it's like, how can anybody in their right mind not see that God has his hand on Israel and that God is the apple, that Israel is the apple of God's eye and, you know, his chosen people? I mean, it doesn't mean God approves of everything Israel does, but it definitely shows God's favor, for Israel and the Jewish people. And, you know, I, I'll go back to um, uh, when Randall and I visited Israel. We went there. This is the thing that I, I took away from Israel when I went. And I only went one time. I probably will only be there one time in my life unless something happens and somebody pays for a trip for us to go for a while. I don't know. But it was amazing to me because I was only there for a week. And in that week, I met... Jews that were victims of terrorist bombings. I met a mayor of one of the towns there. They let us in their home and they served us food. Um, I met a rabbi who was, I believe, a believer, but he hadn't come out of the closet yet as a messianic believer. Um, K. Arthur did one day of our tour, so I saw, you know, some biblical sites and stuff. But the thing that I took away with the most was that every single Jewish person that lives in that nation has been touched by terrorism and death because of what has happened and how people have come against her. And when we were there, and if you've been, you may have had this experience too, the, the IDF they actually gave us uh, a card. It looked like a baseball card, but it was actually a cards of fallen soldiers because everybody in Israel serves in the military. When you turn eighteen, boom, you're in the you're in the you're in the army or their military. Um, everybody protects their nation, women and men, and so everybody has been affected by terrorism in Israel. And yet, for some strange, unknown reason, 
that's never talked about. It's not talked about the persecution that comes against the Jews, and yet the whole Bible, if you, if you, if you really read this, this book and you understand it, all you see throughout it is the persecution of the Jews. Because going back to how Jesus came as their Messiah was the devil is trying to wipe him out at every turn. You know, it's like if you can't get him to be born, you know, then when after he's born, he's trying to kill him. He's tempting him in the wilderness. And then he's, you know, having people go after him. We read the religious leaders tried to kill him. I mean, it, eventually Jesus did die, but he laid down his life so that he could pick it back up again, you know. And now we're in the final stages, I believe, of biblical prophecy and world history. And when I say the final stages, I literally mean, you know, the final stages. And I think the next thing, especially in my reading of Revelation recently, because I've been studying that book, um, is the rapture of the church is going to take place and the rise of the Antichrist is going to take place. Which brings me to, let's talk about it. Everybody and their grandmothers talking about the COVID vaccine. You know, now Randall and I were talking about this a couple of days ago, and we actually, um, we, we, you know, <laughs> I do not personally think that the vaccine is the mark of the beast. Okay. I know some of you in my audience do. You've sent me a lot of stuff about it. I don't think it is. What I do think, however, is that it is a precursor to controlling population and ultimately eliminating a large part of the population because Bill Gates, who is of the devil, uh, is funding this stuff and he happens to be a proponent of, you know, wiping out lots of people and reducing the world's population. It's going to happen. Well, you know, we're also going to have a one world government, right? Which means America's going away. America's going bye-bye at some point, right? And as much as we want to save America, America maybe has served her purpose for spreading the gospel to the world, and now we, we are imploding quickly, right? And there are believers in this nation. I believe God is has a revival going on right now among his remnant, but I, I don't see... And I'm not a prophet, but I don't see an actual revival happening in this country, like like America turning back to God. I just don't see it. I think we are far down the rabbit hole, and um, I think God, if you are paying attention to him, I think God has called his remnant, and his remnant is doing what we're supposed to be doing. We're in his word. I'm going to tell you, you need to get yourself memorizing some scripture, because at some point, I believe Christians will either die in this country or we will be continually persecuted in different ways. The vaccine setup, I think, is a part of that. Um, I mean, never in my lifetime uh, did I ever expect to see a disease so politicized above AIDS. AIDS is probably, you know, acquired immune deficiency syndrome. They politicized that like you wouldn't believe it, right? And now all of a sudden, everybody in the world has COVID. Wow, what a coincidence that is. Okay, all right. Even though COVID doesn't, hasn't killed as many people in the last year as everybody in the media wants you to think, the stats show actually fewer people died last year than in previous years. 
So COVID hasn't killed a gazillion people, not as many as you think. But aside from that, it's not something that warranted the world's economies to be shut down. That's what makes this so nefarious at its core. Now, all of a sudden, we have this push for everybody and their grandmother to get the vaccine. Now, hey, I've been watching a lot of baseball. I mean, I love the Yankees, just saying. They got, they totally got trumped last night. And I'm telling you, I'm not even looking right now because I know they're playing tonight too, but I'll look later. But here's the thing. During, you know, I'm watching on MLB, you know, MajorLeagueBaseball.com, MLB.com. I'm watching my game and every commercial almost had something to do with the vaccine. Hey, do you need a ride? You can't get to the doctor. Uber has you. Uber, Uber will give you a ride for free <laughs> to go get your shot. Hey, do you need somebody to come to your house and give you a shot? You know, <laughs> we'll give you a shot here. Here in Tennessee, everywhere I go, I mean, it's like, get your vaccine, get your vaccine, get your vaccine. And, and what are you going to do if you don't get your vaccine? I haven't gotten it. Randall hasn't gotten it. You know, what? You're going to shoot me because I haven't gotten the vaccine? What? You know, what? You might die because you haven't gotten the vaccine. Well, you know what? You might die because you did get it. Um, it, it. Anyway, with all that to say, I don't judge or condemn anybody either way, but there should be a, a right to self-determination. If I want to get the vaccine, I should have that right. If I don't, then I should also have that right. And I'm hearing from more than one of my friends that people's jobs are at stake now because some, I actually have two friends. I had one call me a couple days ago who, who was really upset. Uh, she is a, what was she? I forgot what job she was. I think she's a teacher. And they were basically saying, if you don't get the vaccine, you can't work here. Well, what are your legal rights? What if I don't want to get the vaccine because I just don't need it? I don't get the flu shot. Never. I don't get the flu either. Actually, you know, I, I honestly cannot remember the last time I had the flu. You know, I don't get the flu shot. I never have. I don't plan on it. And if I get really sick and die, well, well, you know, <laughs> I might die, you know. Uh, so, so the question is, why, and this is what I always ask, you got to ask why, why is there such a push to get everybody to have this vaccine when they know, when first they told us, hey, wear masks, sanitize your hands, do all that. Hey, wash your hands more, you know, stay six feet apart. What? None of that works now unless you have the vaccine. It doesn't make any sense unless to me, there's some nefarious plan behind the scenes that they're trying to do with the population. And I personally think that there is. Um, and so what, where will that ultimately lead? Will it lead to the Antichrist stepping in and saying, hey, world, this is what's going on. And, you know, the world's going to be memorized. Don't forget, here's something. Uh, and Randall, you can come on because I, I want you to help close out the show here. But don't forget this, okay? The devil is the, is the master of all masterist deception and liars ever he's the original pretty much the inventor of he is and the thing is is we have people that study marketing and how to manipulate the masses to get them to do what they want and now here we have you know churches okay 
I read this one article, and I don't have it pulled up, but I could find it, um, where some governors basically saying that there has to be vaccine sections in your church, mm-hmm. vaccinated, unvaccinated. But I'm thinking discrimination as a whole. I mean, really? What the heck? What, black or white segregation? Black or white? Oh, wait. Well, black is you're born that way. And and white, you're you're not given your skin. Well, it's like, what's the difference? I mean, there is a difference in that. But as far as segregation, it's like, can you look at me and tell me if I've had the vaccine, if I don't tell you if I had it? If I said to you, hey, I had it, would you believe me if you didn't know me? How would you know? I mean, it's completely insane to me that we are now at this thing where they are intentionally, they've tried it with race, right? And now they're doing it with this vaccine thing. What's next? Divide and conquer. Nothing new under the sun. Yeah. Uh, It always works. Not that you can work on smaller subsets. Get, get, Get the subjects... You know, your conquest, fighting each other, getting busy with other things, preoccupied with either bread and circus or infighting, and they're a lot easier to, to um, yeah, to yeah, conquer. There's what I'm looking for. Conquer. Yeah. <laughs> conquer and control. Well, see, this is what I think. I think the devil knows his days are short. Oh, yeah. He's done he that for a long time. He knows his days are, like, getting shorter and shorter and shorter, though. Yeah. Right. And there's going to be some great fallout in the in the final acts of this of this thing going on, right, between the devil and God. Um, I was just reading in Revelation chapter 13. If you want a good book, chapter to read, that's all about the beast and uh, getting the mark of the beast and all these things that's going to happen, right? Um, so, ultimately, you know, I, I believe, like, you know, Barb wrote in the chat, I was told the other day that my generation will see the return of the Lord. He didn't even know I'm a Christian. So, yeah, but, you know, Barb, ever since I became a Christian in 1982, around there, I thought that I would see the, the return of the Lord in, in that day. Did I ever dream in a million years, however, that all of this stuff has t- fallen down, that I would be on international media? I mean, I'm, I'm broadcast all over the world. You know, um, it, it is completely uh, crazy to I think mean, about. I mean, granted, people in the first century thought they would see the return of the Lord. I mean, First Thessalonians yeah. chapter 4 is what that's all about. You know, I do want you to be uninformed, brethren, you know, as if, you know, somehow you've missed it. And those who, you know, have fallen asleep have missed it, etc. Um, there was you know, an expectation of the imminent return of the Lord then. Um, and, you know, people, you know, in the whatever, in the 1800s, in the early part of the 20th century, various times because of uh, things going on. But in the half century plus that I've been alive, I the, you know, there have been globalist movements and undercurrents going on all the time. I mean, they started picking up around 1914 with the Wilson administration, things going on then, and the, you know, the, the, the creation of the Federal Reserve, and a bunch right. of other things in the aftermath of World War One, and we can go the trilateral community and all, all that kind of stuff. You know, the globalist stuff has been afoot for a long time, but I've never seen, it's like the, this, it's on hyperdrive right now. 
all the you know with with the COVID with this gas pipeline thing and yeah. oh they paid the seven million dollar ransom. Well, order. and let's not forget the fraudulent election that put the two people in office that are currently in office. And I will say that because I believe it to the core of my being. And the Nashville bombing yeah. just was kind of. The Nashville Ugh. bombing that all of a sudden just disappeared after the fact that happened to house all the records for other stuff. But you look at international <laughs> news, which I don't—I I admit I don't follow closely, but it's not just the U.S. and the aftermath of the pandemic. And I, there, there's been a pandemic. There's been a, this disease has been worldwide and has caused many deaths. We're not science deniers. Right. Um... It's just the politi- politicization, politicalization, of, politicization of it um, has, has you know, we've never seen this with a flu, the Spanish flu or HN, H1N1 swine flu, you know, or freaking Ebola <laughs> that was right? a big problem and got a lot of attention as far as prevention and stuff. I mean, that's there's a serious illness right there, people. You know, when your internal organs liquefy and your eyes bleed. Well, so and that's the thing that, about this, this COVID thing, though. Right. It's like 98 point whatever percent recover. Right. I mean, when when there's a small... Like, why get, why get a vaccination when, if 98% of the people who get this thing recover? Right. There was a, When there was a small Ebola outbreak in the U.S., you know, it got yeah. a little bit of news. But it wasn't like, get your Ebola vaccine or, you know, shut everything down. You know, that was the time to do it. Anyway... Uh, but it's not just here in the States. You look at what's going on in other countries. It's everywhere. Things going on with India and then the division going on over there with, with you know, the COVID and the vaccines and the vaxxers and the non-vaxxers and stuff. And there's this, it's just really being set up to, there are so many things. And with cryptocurrency. and Oh, yeah, and, that's the other thing. We're not even talking about that. And then the global reset happened this year. There's yep. just one thing after another, after another, after another, after another, simultaneously going on, and and with the volume turned way up, Yeah. that the globalists... Yeah, and, are, and Diane is basically saying on YouTube, but the flu has totally disappeared. Yeah, the whole world shut down. Yeah. And so, yeah. I know nobody with a cold Who's, or the flu. Yeah. Because that's passe now. I, well, I was looking on Twitter about the whole COVID thing, and it said allergies and COVID are almost exactly the same, so you need to get your vaccination. And I'm like, you know what? I know what my allergies are, and if I think Randall and I had COVID when we were oh. both feeling really tired. That was the weirdest thing ever, but hey, we survived it. Yeah. Anyway, it's just <laughs> off the top of the hour, but yeah. I'm just saying that, well, you know, we're not science deniers. <laughs> No. But we're also not news deniers, too. Look at what's going on globally and how this particular pandemic has been used, you know, as a fulcrum to bring about more controls in every government around the world in the name of, you know, global governance. And that it's right on the heels of the, the Great Reset. It's right on the heels of um um you know stuff with uh yeah monetary stuff going on um there's some anyway well, there's some events that uh, i'm just drawing a blank on but anyway it's just 
Well, nothing new under the sun, but it's just more of it, and the volume has been turned up. So yeah, and persecution of Christians, China they yeah. stop even their mobile app for Bibles. Yeah, they're not allowing anybody to buy a Bible anymore. Um, you know, and so again, I'm just going to appeal to you. Something is afoot for sure. Well, you know, here's here's what I know, right? God has not given us a spirit of fear. But a power, love, and a sound mind. Okay? I know so many people living in fear because of what they are listening to in the media. Um, and it's because they're not grounded in the Word of God. Now, if you're, if you're reading God's Word on a consistent basis, and you're hiding it in, in your heart, I guarantee you that you're going to have peace. Now, you might have anxious thoughts once in a while, but ultimately, you're not going to be afraid. You're going to have a security and a peace that you probably haven't experienced in a long time. Um, and so, my question to you is, do you know for sure if you have a personal relationship with Jesus? Because if you don't, you need to know. You know, don't ever forget the main purpose of your life is where you go when you die okay i mean bottom line you don't get out of here alive the rapture might happen you will but in that case most people die okay you need to know where you're going you need to know if you're going to go to hell or if you're going to go into heaven okay um the devil doesn't play fair he wants everybody to go to hell and go with him whereas jesus wants everybody to go to heaven so you know, that's why Jesus did what he did on the cross. But you know what? You got to repent. You know, you have to make a conscious choice to admit you're a sinner and repent. You know, I was talking to my girls this morning in my group, and one of the things that we were talking about was how we're reading in the word, the word repent a lot. And in fact, one of the very first things Jesus said was repent. John the Baptist said repent. Why? For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What is repentance? Simply making a U-turn, going back the opposite direction and saying, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore. You know, I'm so sorry I did that. And, you know, and, and truly being sorry for your sin and being able to receive what Jesus did as your replacement for, for the punishment for your sin. Right? First John, great book to read. To, as my friend Pam says, to get a heart diagnostic. If you read the book of First, first John, that will help you to know if you're really born again or not. If you're reading it and you're not convicted or you are convicted, you'll, you'll be able to see, right? So you need to know beyond a shadow of a doubt where you're going, right? And the best way to do that is by opening up God's Word, the Bible, and praying and asking God to reveal Himself to you. I am a wholehearted, one million percent promoter of the fact that you don't have to have a college education or some science degree or any type of degree, to be able to read the Bible and understand it. If the Holy Spirit was given to you and you receive the Holy Spirit, you'll have the ability to understand the Word of God because God himself teaches you. Psalm 119 says that, by the way. Um, so you need to do that. You need to take that seriously. And I know some of you are watching. You know me locally. And maybe I'm getting this weird reputation. <laughs> <laughs> the prophet around town, Stacy Harp, keeps saying, uh, "Read the Bible, read the Bible." Read the Bible. <laughs> uh, 
but here's the thing. I'm telling you for a reason, right? Because in the, I mean, this, in the last two weeks, we've had two, two people locally here die. One was murdered suddenly, and another friend of ours died a couple of days ago. Uh, and, it, and it's like nobody saw this death coming, right? So you don't know when you're going to die. And I don't know when I might die. And we don't know if we're going to be part of the rapture or not. But the point is, when you die, the Bible declares that it's appointed unto man once to die. And then after that, the judgment. You're going to stand before God and he is going to judge you. And the question is, are you going to have Jesus as your advocate or are you going to be trying there to advocate for yourself? Because if you do that, you're toast, just so you know. But if you have Jesus as your advocate, then you're going to be okay. So I, I hope and I pray that if you're someone out there and you're not sure yet, if you're in a personal relationship with Jesus, you can know for sure if you seek him, you will find him. And that's the best thing. And it's the coolest thing about being a Christian is that we have the one true God who hears us, he answers us, and he's not a cosmic bully. He isn't somebody who goes, oh, you know what? You're going to have to jump through all these hoops to figure out if I'm really real, if I really exist. No, he says, if you call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. You know, if you seek him with your whole heart, you will find him. He's, he loves us, right? I mean, he, he loves us. Jesus loves us. The Father loves us. And you need to know that. You know, he does. You might not like what you're going through, but you know what? Doesn't change God's love for you. His love for you is real. And, um, you know, he, he wants to know you more. He wants you to know him more. And I, I personally have never been able to understand how somebody can go, oh, well, I'll get to know Jesus when I'm in heaven. Why wouldn't you want to get to know him first before you get to heaven and then you can pick up the relationship where, when you're there? <laughs> you know, as opposed to squeaking in and going, hmm, don't know anything about you, but now I'm here. It's like, why would you want to be there if you didn't care to invest some time down here? You know what I mean? And to me, that just, it doesn't make any sense when the blessings of heaven are on earth when you're walking with him. They're everywhere, you know, they're, they're everywhere. So, um, so I will end the show there and just, you know, just say, consider him, you know, and, uh, just know that, Randall and I, our goal here is to reach the hearts of people one verse at a time. If you need help reading the Bible or encouragement in the Word, go to our website or tweet us or reach out to us somewhere on social media. We'll do what we can to help you and encourage you in your faith. Because as a Christian, you can't be a lone ranger. You just can't. And, you know, we all need each other to strengthen one another when we're down, to encourage one another when we're down, to rejoice with one another, and to weep with one another. Um, so, we'll see you tomorrow.